So very similar to just like wholesaling, it's very similar market methods you can do for finding Airbnbs. I actually found my first Airbnb arbitrage through my wholesaling. So that's how I came across my first arbitrage opportunity. So you can do the drive for dollars and instead of looking for for sale by owner signs, look for for rent by owners, or you can go on sites like Zillow, Redfin, um, RentPad, and look up people who are renting their properties and then just do some quick analysis to see if it makes sense to rent from them and then make money on the back end of Airbnb. Perfect. everybody Jamel Gibbs here welcome to another podcast episode today we have a special guest who's going to talk to us about the importance of passive income now this is not your ordinary passive income through multi-unit properties and things like that this is a different strategy and I think you're going to be really interested in hearing what our special guest has to say so we're going to talk about Airbnb arbitrage it's a different type of a strategy to gain passive income through and in addition to that, it's a great way to position yourself to be able to get this passive income without actually taking ownership of properties. Uh, so I want to welcome our good friend, Errol Allen, to the call. What's up, man? How's it going? How's it going? I'm doing great. Doing great, man. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time out to uh, uh, join us today to, to share this information. I know how important this information is to a lot of people. Uh, a lot of people are looking to change their current situation. People are looking to leave their jobs. There's no job security these days. Uh, people are looking to, to build some real income. And for me, you know, I've been in the real estate business for close to 20 years. One of my biggest regrets was not building up enough passive income early enough. So I teach a lot of wholesaling. I teach passive and creative investing as well. Uh, one thing that I noticed about passive income, well, when it comes to wholesaling versus passive income is with wholesaling, you're basically creating a high paying job, right? With passive income, you're creating something that can be long lasting and it can benefit you uh, and it creates real wealth over time. With what you're doing with the Airbnb situation, I love it because it kind of reminds me of the creative real estate investing arena where mm -hmm. you can take over uh, a situation, take over a property. Like for example, lease options, telefinance, wraps, subject twos. Uh, you basically position yourself and create this passive income over time. And what, what you're doing with the arbitrage, you're basically, it's almost like wholesaling, except you're creating the money for yourself. Right? So I love the fact that you're doing that, man. And, um, I'm excited to talk about what we're going to share today with our guests. So why don't you tell everybody a little bit about yourself? Okay, so my name is Errol J. Allen. I've been a full-time real estate investor for the past six years. And very similar to you, I got my start off in wholesaling as well. And then I transitioned over from the wholesaling space. I started doing the rehab component because the ultimate end goal for me was to have those rentals. But I didn't want to have the traditional long-term rentals because the margins on those didn't make sense to me. Talking about like seeing a net $250 to $400 profit, that just didn't like attract me to want to do rentals. So I was always like, let me see if there's something better I can do to stretch and maximize my cash flow. And that's when I came across the Airbnb opportunity and people were able to make three times the gross rent 
So that really turned me on. I was like, now I'm going to transition from that to now doing Airbnb, which I've been focusing on for the past two years. And, and like you said, man, all you're doing is you're really sticking, you're playing middleman and uh, getting paid uh, the passive income because of it, man. So uh, we'll, we'll talk about the, the, the ins and outs, the nitty gritty of how it all works uh, throughout this, uh, this podcast here. But how did you, you know, how did you make that transition from wholesaling into the Airbnb space? Great question. So I actually started with my primary residence. So prior to me buying my first um, three-story townhouse, I was renting a townhouse with my boys. And at the time, I was unknowingly house hacking because one of my boys stayed in the uh, other bedroom. And then we had a huge family room area that was like the size of another bedroom that we wasn't using. And so we just moved in another one of our boys. And lo and behold, I'm only having to pay like $200, $300 a month for rent. And we're in the heart of Atlanta. So I'm like, well, if there's a way where I can like do this to where I don't even have to come out of pocket to pay rent. And so that was my initial um, intentions when I bought my three-story townhouse. And once that happened, I was like, okay, my mortgage is getting paid. My bill is getting paid. I'm not having to come out of pocket anything. So what happens if I did this with a property I don't live in? And then I started to look into arbitraging. And then I started looking into finding homeowners who want properties that, hey, I'm done with the tenants. I don't want to do this, but I don't want to sell. Now I just know the tool on my toolbox. So I was still wholesaling at the time, but now I'm having homeowners who don't want to sell, but still want to, you know, find a way to generate cash flow. So it's exactly like you said, I'm wholesaling cash flow right now. Yeah, man. That's actually a really good term right there. Wholesaling cash flow, man. It's like a combined. You know, I got this uh, program called hybrid wholesaling. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what it is, man. You're wholesaling cash flow. I love it, man. I love that strategy. And I love the fact that you're using Airbnb in order to do this. Now, what are some of the biggest misconceptions people have when getting started in the Airbnb space? So a lot of people think they have like perfect credit or a lump sum of cash to get into the Airbnb space. You don't need those. You just need the knowledge and the skill set. That's all you need. Um, other people think that Actually, those are two biggest ones. Everything else is minor. Those are the two biggest ones. Excellent, excellent, man. And as far as obstacles that a newer investor might face, what would be some of those obstacles? Because, I mean, let's, let's face it, you know, in business, we're all going to face obstacles. What are some things that, that, you, that you feel a newer investor would face? Well, if you're brand new and you're never furnished an Airbnb before, obviously there's going to be no guidance. So you want to know everything you need in the property for it to be an up and running Airbnb, like, you know, having your toiletries, beds, AC up, all that, you know, your processes in place. And I do not use the biggest thing. People want to go for the cheap. They want to go for the reused furniture that you can find on an offer out for a hundred bucks, 250 bucks. I believe what you put in is what you get out. So if you go low budget on the furnishing, you're going to get a low budget on the back when it comes to booking. Now, when you think about mindset shift, obviously you were a wholesaler at one point. I'm, I'm sure you still do some of those deals as well. Uh-huh. Uh, you're obviously wholesaling cash flow, like you said. When it comes to the mindset shift from wholesaling to Airbnb and passive income, what, what are some things that, that our, our listeners need to keep in mind? So you got to realize, you know, you just got to be a little more patient because obviously you're a wholesaler. It's like today money, you get a quick hit, you're good to go. But when it comes to doing the Airbnb, you're going to have to, you know, put out a little money and then wait, not too long, but, you know, relatively a couple of months to get your return on investment and then start seeing net profits from that point forward. You know, obviously there's other things that our listeners need to be mindful of. What would you say are some, some of those things? 
when it comes to Airbnb, just make sure that um, now depending on state to state, there might be some legality stuff. But I mean, right now Airbnb is doing a great job of cleaning all that stuff up, and then they're just under account for taxes as well. So those those friends should get there. But I would just make sure when you're Airbnb on these properties, just you know, make sure you have an upfront conversation with either the private management or the homeowner, because the last thing you want to do is kind of like Airbnb behind their backs, and then they come see it's listed on Airbnb, and now it's another conversation you guys have to have. I, I, I totally, uh, totally agree with that. I do the same thing in my real estate, my wholesaling business, uh, like full disclosure, whether we're doing wholesaling, creative, no matter what we're doing, full disclosure, let the seller know what's going on and uh, let them know what your real intentions are at the end of the day. I think that's the best practice when you're a real estate investor. So our listeners are obviously just getting started or uh, maybe some of them are in the Airbnb space uh, most of them are probably not. If we had to give them a five-step process from soup to nuts, getting started in the Airbnb space to get in their first check, uh, what would your advice be? What would be the step-by-step process? My step-by-step process would go like this. Step one, you have to have acquisition methods. Just like when it comes to wholesaling, you got to have leads or getting leads coming in so you can evaluate if it makes sense to hold, not wholesale, if it makes sense to an Airbnb this or not. Then after that, you gotta make sure you have A team in place, your A team, B team, C team. I talk about this in my uh, my course as well. You wanna make sure you have your cleaners, your handyman, those are gonna be like your consistent people you talk to. Then you're gonna have like your occasional people, which is gonna be your garbage piece, your garbage people, um, HVAC guy, yard guy, if you have houses, if you don't have houses taken care of. And then you're gonna wanna have your C team, which is gonna be like your extreme case people. That's gonna be like, for me, I had a rat that died behind one of the walls in my Airbnbs. So I had to get a biohazard specialist. Now I ain't never had a biohazard specialist before, but I now have one on standby for situations like that. So those would be like your, you know, very uncommon things, but you still wanna have in place, like a locksmith, a party stopper. Yes, I have a party stopper and uh, stuff like that. Then after that, you wanna be able to have these properties furnished. So you wanna have your vendors lined up and all that stuff as well. And then on the back end, just make sure you create the listing. Okay, cool, man. So if I if I had to, if we had to talk about acquisitions for a moment, what are some ways that our listeners can acquire some of these properties? So very similar to just like wholesaling, it's very similar market methods you can do for finding Airbnbs. I actually found my first Airbnb arbitrage through my wholesaling. So that's how I came across my first arbitrage opportunity. So you can do the drive for dollars and instead of looking for for sale by owner signs, look for for rent by owners, or you can go on sites like Zillow, Redfin, um, RentPad, and look up people who are renting their properties and then just do some quick analysis to see if it makes sense to rent from them and then make money on the back end of the Airbnb. So all you're, all you're in essence doing is contacting them, doing kind of like a lease purchase, right? So you, you take over the property, see if you can rent the property from them and then you turn around and Airbnb the house out. That's it. Yep, yep. The biggest component and the biggest turning point is just how you frame that initial conversation with the homeowner. So I don't go in talking with homeowners like, hey, I'm looking to Airbnb your property. Mm -hmm. Just like wholesaling, Airbnb has a negative connotation to most people's minds because people feel what they don't understand. So what I do is, hey, I keep it very simple. I have a short, or I have a professional, professional list of clients who are coming into town and they're looking for short-term spaces to stay while they're in town. And this property will be perfect for us. We will be paying your rent. And then we would have the professional clients come in. And then we have professional cleaners come in and clean up upon check-in and check-out. Yeah, that's right. So all you're doing is you're, you're making sure that the seller understands or the, the uh, landlord understands 
that you're going to be subleasing this property out to uh, professionals, so to speak, or someone that's coming yep. in town. And uh, yep. as long as, it's my assumption, I should say, as long as you're paying the seller on time, there's never any problems. All my sellers love me. All my sellers love me. Even some of my sellers follow me on Facebook and they see the post about, you know, some crazy parties that happen at the property, but they're not getting those phone calls. Yeah. I'm taking care of all of that. And it's not even me taking care of it. My team's taking care of all of that. Awesome. They just make sure on the 15th of every month, they get a check from me and they're good. So step number one is acquire the property. And uh, yeah. you can do that through multiple sites. You can do Zillow, Redfin, you know, you said rent pad. Truly up. Offline, you can go drive for dollars, meetups, all that stuff. Cool. So once you get them, you screen the sellers. You kind of let mm-hmm. them position it in a way that they would um, they would feel comfortable with renting a property to you. And they yep. also understand that you're going to be subleasing the property to other people. And then yep. from there, you have your, your teams. You said your A, B, and C teams. That's step number two. Uh, mm-hmm. Your A team handles one thing. Your B, your B and C team... They, they handle the entire clean out process and things like that, right? And then you have your furniture. Well, the A team is the, go ahead. Uh, you, then you said, for, well, we're talking about step number two now. So the A yep. team is what? The A team is the, your team that you go with, your portion of your team you're going to be talking to on a consistent basis. That's going to be your cleaners and your handyman. Okay. And then your B team, it's like from most contact to least contact. Your B team is going to be people that you hit up on an occasional basis when it comes to just maintaining the house. That'll be your yard guy, um, maintenance people, HVAC guy, even a locksmith, stuff like that. And then your C team is going to be for those very rare occasions that that one, the blue call that you give them. Yeah. My buyer has a specialist, maybe my plumber every now and then, um, and stuff like that. Those are the guys coming in with the orange suits, with the, uh, the, the, with the yellow suits, with the, uh, with the biohazard sign yeah. doing the thing. Yeah. Right. I hope that happens to nobody on here. That was an extreme <laughs> case. I hope that happens to nobody on here. <laughs> They're removing toxic waste, man. So we, I'm, it was crazy. <laughs> I got on my Instagram. If people want to see it, it's on my Instagram. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty. That's pretty good, man. So we're gonna uh, share your Instagram and, and all the links in just a moment. But um, so that's step number two: having your teams in place. Then step number three is having the right uh, vendors in place to furnish. Uh, the properties. Uh, do you have someone mm-hmm. that that decorates and things like that, or? Yes. Yeah, so I do have an interior designer, but you can always do it yourself. But again, I would recommend getting an interior designer because when I was doing it myself in the beginning, I got again. I'm a guy, so you know I can only do so much when it comes to the decorating sector. But when a woman's touch was applied, my bookings were going up. People are liking the space more, look more appealing online. So Absolutely. I would definitely recommend to get an interior designer. Nothing like a woman's touch, man. And uh, step number four was share it with us again. Step number, so after you do that, it's now creating the listing, going live and just making sure you title it right. Make sure you got your um, your settings left, um, your settings set up right for your um, Airbnb listing. So let me ask you a question, man. Um, are you underpricing according to what the market is going for for that particular property or are you trying to max out? So ironically, I'm doing the exact opposite. I am probably the highest priced Airbnb in all my areas, my Airbnbs are at, because I'm purposely overpriced and I want 
I want all the people that are booking the one to two night stays to go for the lower price ones. Mm-hmm. That way it leaves my calendar open for the people who want to book for two to five or seven night stays. And I have a pricing strategy where if they book for longer, that they get a better price on that. Awesome, man. So it's kind of like, um, you know, everybody knows what Airbnb is. I just rented a house for 3000 bucks a few weeks ago in the Outer Banks in North Carolina. Uh, it's not quite Airbnb, but it's a vacation home. It's the same exact mm-hmm. strategy. The only difference is you're going through Airbnb in order to make this happen. A lot of money in these uh, types of properties, a lot of passive income. You can make a, a huge amount of money doing this. And I highly recommend each and every single one of you watching this to at least consider it. Okay, so if our listeners wanted to get started and get more in-depth information, where should they go? So I actually have an ebook that is like the precursor to get into the actual game. It's called Getting Paid to Stay. You can look that up on Amazon and it's called Getting Paid to Stay. Awesome. for people who are like, oh, I mean, I'm ready to go right now. Just, you know, show me the way. I also do have like one-on-one coaching and that is at www.workwitharrow.com. Awesome, man. Uh, I'm going to link uh, the book in the description box below. So you guys don't even have to uh, leave if you don't want to. Uh, it's going to be in the description box in the show notes. I'm also going to link Errol's uh, uh, website down there. Uh, where can they find you on social media? So it's at my name, Errol, E-R-R-O-L, J, Allen, A-L-L-E-N. And I'm going to link uh, uh, his uh, social media. I'm going to link Errol's social media info in the uh, box as well. Listen, this is a strategy I believe everybody should be at least looking into to create some type of passive income. You never know uh, one way or another. You, you never know what your niche is going to be in real estate, where you're going to maximize your profits. For some of you, it'll be wholesaling. I believe everybody should be focused on passive income. And if you're focused on passive income, there's different ways to create it. You have multi-units, you have uh, single family residential rental units, and then you have things like Airbnb that can make you a tremendous amount of money. Almost like as if you own a multi-unit property, except you're not dealing with multiple units and you're getting paid in lump sums the same exact way. This is something I believe all of you should be looking into. Now, is there a, uh, an age bracket that you need to be in order to get started doing this? No. No age bracket. Uh, obviously, I'm going to assume you need to be of legal age to sign legal documents. So let's say 18 years old. Yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah, you got to be 18 up. But I mean, I got a girl right now who's 22 years old. She just launched her first Airbnb. So that's fantastic, man. So obviously, if you get started, the, the younger, the better. And, you know, you could be done with this business well, running a well-oiled machine relatively quickly. Now, um, as far as the profit margins, what do you feel are some profit margins that are decent what should our listeners be looking for when they do this type of business? Okay, so I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you what I believe is the right answer, and then this is gonna be my answer because my margins are probably they're gonna be like, how are you doing that? It's because I've been doing it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. So generally, if you're seeing anywhere uh, net like 750 to like 1500 in positive cash flow, again net after all expenses and everything, you're good. So low end 750, high end 1500. This per week or this is per, per month, per month. Per month. Okay. Yeah. 
So my Airbnbs are generally bringing me in bare minimum, like 1750 to two grand a month net profit. Okay. So people are wondering like how you do that. It's the process behind how I do all that. But Perfect. I was person 750 net to about 1500. Sounds good, man. Now, one more question. Uh, in, in regards to finding these Airbnbs, how many uh, sellers are you actually going through? What, like, what, what's the KPIs looking like? How many so sellers are you of, actually going through? In terms of actually finding Airbnbs, it's a lot simpler because, I mean, every like you got leasing offices that are leasing buildings. You got pr um, private owners that are leasing properties for rent by owner. It's not that hard. It's just a matter of having the right conversation and framing it up the right way when you have the actual meeting. But there was Airbnb opportunities everywhere. It doesn't matter what marketplace you're in. You That's just right. got to know how to have the right conversations. So you're doing condos, single families as well. You're doing apartments as well. Like I'm sticking strictly to single family houses and townhome, but I have people who are doing apartments and all that stuff as well. Wow, man. Okay. So it's a, it's a really good business model. Uh, the KPIs you're looking at, it's probably a lot easier to get these than it is to get a wholesale deal. Yes, but, very, very. And it's all in a language, all in how you position it with the with the uh, the property owner at the end of the day, right? The decision maker, the gatekeeper, whoever you're talking with, just want to make sure that you're framing up that conversation the right way. That's all. Perfect, perfect, man. Now, in regards to, um, we, we talked about profit margin. We talked about... Um, you know, what type of properties to look for. Um, are there ever weeks where you don't actually have rent renters in the property? So there are times where I, I call dead days. And when I have like a, when I see a gap of a dead day coming up, what I do is I purposely just drop my prices. That's all. Yeah. And then they naturally get booked up. So if I see three days, it's coming up. I do this on a week by week basis. So at the beginning of the week, I check my all my Airbnbs. I look at the calendar for the week. And if I see there's more than two days of no one booked, I'm gonna go in there and I'm gonna drop those prices to will be very dirt cheap prices just to get it booked. Well, there's a lot we could cover with Airbnb. Uh, I'm, I'm sure our listeners are gonna want to have you back. I, I sure enough do uh, to to pick your brain on the uh, on on the strategy a little bit more. Uh, if you guys are listening, be sure to check the links in the description box below. I'm looking forward to having Errol on again. If you guys want to have, have him on and we could go a little bit more into some more detail on how this actually works, leave a comment if you're on YouTube and uh, let me know what questions you might have for Errol so that we can, uh, we can, we can get him back on and, and possibly uh, get those questions answered. Uh, Errol, so are you reading any books right now? Yes, I'm reading my book yet. Um, Millionaire Success Habits by Dean Graciano. That's what I'm reading. I went through that book a couple of years ago, man. It's a fantastic book. I love that book, man. Shout out to Dean Grazi uh, Graziosi. Let me ask you a question, man. Um, if you had to give our listeners some final advice before we jump off, what would those last words be? I say this all the time. The business works if you work. So if whether it be wholesaling, Airbnb, it all works. It's all been tried and proven. It's just a matter of you show up and do the work. At the end of the day, you uh, take massive action, you'll get massive results. You work hard and eventually you'll get a chance to play hard as well. Errol, man, it's been a real pleasure having you, brother. And I'm looking forward to uh, having you on again in the near future. And listen, I'll talk to you guys on the next one. Peace.
check out my website at reieducationacademy.com. To make it easy, you can just simply go to jamelgibbs.com or check out my YouTube page at youtube.com forward slash jamelgibbs. I'm all over the web, whether it be on Facebook slash the Jamel Gibbs or on Instagram at Jamel Gibbs. I'm in LinkedIn as well. I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Check out all of these platforms for daily content, weekly content, more content from Jamel Gibbs. But if you want to get more in depth, go to reieducationacademy.com. And that's how you can find out more about my training material and how you can get started investing in real estate today. Talk to you later.